0: Hello! Welcome to episode 3 of Piercing the Veil uh, with me, Robin Pierce And me, Stephen Pierce So Steve, what a week What a week It's been an incredible week We've been to the cinema a few times We've seen some cool movies We've seen some cool trailers We've watched the cult film We've got got lots to talk about We've got an awful lot to talk about this week So I, I, I guess that we're We'd better get on with it now, because yeah. we're just wasting time, aren't we? Um, first thing we did was on Tuesday, we went to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Now, we're big die-hard kaiju fans. Mm-hmm. We love our Japanese monsters. And we've read and we've heard and we've discussed with people who have different opinions about this film. Um, Then we went to see it ourselves. I felt we'd missed the boat a little
1: bit. Yeah.
0: We didn't go and see it opening night like our usual habit. And we were not
1: disappointed, were we? No. It it ticked all the boxes. It was the perfect Godzilla movie. Uh, I thought that they... They covered everything a kaiju fan could possibly want.
0: Okay. From from your
1: perspective,
0: you, you say it ticked all the
1: all the boxes. Um what boxes did it tick for you? Well one of the one of the things I always wanted to actually hear was the original Godzilla music in the cinema with him coming out of the scene. Yeah. And that finally happened.
0: It was... For me, it was a fantastic throwback of a film. Um, Hollywood can't seem to do Godzilla properly. Uh, We saw 1998. They they had a stab. And the best thing I can say about that film is... It was a good monster-on-the-loose movie. But as a Godzilla movie... It absolutely sucked.
1: And the one question I thought the 98 is how do you lose a monster in New York?
0: Well, somewhere along the line, Matthew Broderick also lost his talent for acting. Because he, he was wooden, he was he was so downright annoying because I was I remember sitting there thinking, you're better than this. You were in war games. You were Ferris
1: Bueller for crying out loud. What are you doing? There was, there's a scene in the 98 movie. It was kind of similar in King of the Monsters. They actually made a lot more sense. Okay. Matthew Broderick's character touches Godzilla on the nose yes. when he's eating tuna. When does Godzilla eat tuna? Well, apparently that's all he eats. Yeah. And having seen some of the Hensei-era Godzilla movies before that...
0: Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second there, amigo. You say Hensei-era. Now then, a lot of our listeners, you know, either one of the two of them, aren't going to know what the Hensei-era Godzilla is. So if you...
1: Backtrack and explain that to us.
0: Well, not to us, because I know it, you
1: you know. The Showa era was pretty much the start of Godzilla after his first movie, which was more of a somber piece. Okay. He then had the Hentai era, which was a more, well, kind of like Bond. They reinvented Godzilla, so the earlier movies didn't exist other than the first one. All right. Then at the end of the Hensei area, yes. they did away with all that, Yes. and it was back to the start of the first movie, and they went into Millennium. But what was different with that is the final movie in Millennium was Final Wars, which in a roundabout way meant that they all existed because every monster you'd ever thought came back.
0: Including... 98 Godzilla, yes. referred to in this movie as Zilla, and was destroyed by, you know, proper Japanese Toho Studios Godzilla in about five seconds. Because that, Do you know why they're called Showa and Hensei? No. Ah, I've looked into this. Okay. They're named after the Emperor of Japan at the time oh okay that makes sense there you go some fantastic trivia for you but going back to godzilla king of the monsters i i loved it because as you said they um the 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 composer Bear mccready or mccrary McCreary um used the original score for it a- yes and he adapted the mothra now, some of these things—I mean, you, it's not an easy film for uh, somebody who hasn't enjoyed the 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 Toho movies to watch, because they're going to think, right? Okay, so that one's Godzilla. He's why is he battling a golden dragon with three heads? Exactly. Why is there a pterodactyl flying round, and why is there a giant moth? So. I don't know. They they've often been referred to as like the marmite of the um, the movie world. I don't know if they have marmite in America, but basically they've got an advertising campaign here in the UK. You either love it or you hate it, and that's what it is with Godzilla. If you if you haven't enjoyed those films originally, haven't been a fan,
1: you're not. The only thing, and I don't know if you know this, that you remember about two years ago now, Shin Godzilla came out? Oh, I loved Godzilla. What I enjoyed most about
0: Shin Godzilla was watching it on an afternoon. Yeah. Um, right here in Geek Central. And you were with your sister doing some Christmas shopping in Chester. We sent photos. And I sent screenshots to you just to torment you because you weren't going to get yours until Christmas Day.
1: Because, but the one thing I was going to say that's really interesting yeah. is these new Warner's legendary Godzilla movies, how the deal has worked with Toho, yeah, is you can't actually, they're not actually doing another Shin Godzilla Toho movie. Are they? Until yeah. the deal with Legendary, uh, comes once they've finished filming their yeah. last movie. All right. So you'll have. In the How next, many
0: films have they got a contract for then? Do we know?
1: It's supposed, supposedly, three. Okay. But it could be more because Toho actually do have a heavy involvement in these new ones yeah they
0: do they're do. trying
1: to get a more western feel to them
0: yeah i haven't heard any complaints about godzilla himself from the japanese this time because no. the last time they said godzilla was too fat yeah and that the fat lazy americans had modeled him after themselves yeah
1: yeah remember Des- that one d- despite the fact he is actually far larger in this movie than the last one well absolutely um uh, we call these kaiju
0: films and it's a term that um you may have heard out there uh what it refers to is giant monsters um usually portrayed by a man in a suit uh these days more often of course they're CGI uh in Japan in Japan they are actually considered an art form and there is Godzilla hotel.
1: Yes, there is.
0: With Godzilla memorabilia somewhere in
1: Tokyo. And in the Japanese. Option, yes. Shin Godzilla won everything. Tell you what was really interesting in that to me
0: as well, uh, in Shin Godzilla a couple of years ago, was the fact that they purposely made their CGI creations look like men in suits. Yeah. I mean, that was a wonderful turn. But, you know, if, if you're not into all this, people are just going to be thinking, what are these two idiots thinking about? Right. Um, but the reason you possibly uh, aren't into Godzilla that much is you may have seen the 60s movies, um, which were bought for American release by American International. and They were dubbed into English. Primarily aimed at the teen uh, Saturday night drive in crowd. And they were uh, well, let's say inaccurately, yeah. and they were made more into comedies. Uh, a friend of ours um, bought us the Japanese version of the 1963 King Kong vs. Godzilla, which I had never seen. I've seen the American version, so had you. And. Um, There were some ludicrous lines in it. There were some, like, you know, really bad B-Movie lines, such as when they realise that Godzilla is around, Kong is around, and they're heading towards the Japanese mainland, They say, you know, we may have to evacuate Tokyo, maybe even all of Japan. But in the Japanese version, you know, sort of like... Uh, neat slapping lines like that and there There are subplots it, it, it's a bit more grim and it's taken a lot more seriously and overall they're better films so if at all possible do what we did seek out the Jap- the japan versions by toho studios not dubbed into English and you'll see far yeah. better movies now then Sadly, without you, I went to see a film called Ma okay. with Octavia Spencer. Hang on a second. Me I wasn't with Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer did not go to the film with me. It was just me. Um, she's getting to be one of my favourite actresses. Okay. Because I loved what she did in Hidden Figures, which was the film about the women who came up with the math and the formula that helped men land on the moon and they were very they, they were hidden figures for two reasons one because they had infiltrated the all male world of you know astronauts and space flights during the 1960s it's a completely true story and of course the other one was they were black so they were kind of hidden from from sight and what they did was truly inspirational. And uh, they they became key figures in in the the whole space program because what they came up with, you know, they didn't have calculators, you know, they they were the sharpest of the sharp minds. And then uh, we saw her in the shape of water as Sally Hawkins' friend. And Sally Hawkins, of yes, course, um, befriends the the Man, whose story closely resembles that of the creature from the Black Lagoon. What I didn't realise that we had immediately seen her in a bit part in um, the Big Bang Theory in a season two episode where Sheldon is, is coerced into learning how to drive and he's at the Department of Motor yes, Vehicles yes. and gives him a really hard time. Uh, in Ma, she kind of breaks away from her previous roles and becomes a bit like Robin Williams did in One Hour Photo. I like that movie. It's it's very realistic. She it starts off a little bit like the set-up of any kind of slasher movie that you care to mention. You know, she was wronged as a child, but something traumatic happened to her in high school. She's never forgiven her tormentors. Uh it's scarred her deeply emotionally, psychologically. She's waited for years, she's in a menial little job, she feels demeaned, she has no power of her own, but goddammit, she has gonna get some revenge. And she befriends a bunch of kids who are the kids of the kids who tormented her. And you I felt both bad for her, yeah, sorry for her. Repulsed by her, I understood her, and I was very, very nervous. On yeah, (laughs) all in the same movie. Um, it's had a very quick uh, release and disappearance (laughs) from the multiplex. I suppose because we have the big um, tentpole movies coming out, and and they want to make room for
1: films. Pretty much for a week.
0: Um, But when it comes out on home video, streaming, whatever your viewing preference is, go and see it. For the love of God, go and see it. Make sure you sit there, switch off the lights, be prepared to be free. movie. Then our last cinema visit actually took place. Hey. Yes it did And we went to see X-Men Dark Phoenix And I've got to say I like the X-Men movies Have been ever since we saw the first one About 19 or 20 years ago But
1: Damn The timeline The X-Men movies After the Original Three See, yeah, X Men, X Two,
0: and the Last Stand. Yeah, they all followed on from each other, and they were set in the near future. Yes, they were. Okay? Then we went to X Men First Class. Was it First Class? Yeah. Yeah. And we we went back to a time when. Professor Xavier wasn't played by Patrick Stewart. He was played by... James Alcavon. Yeah. And he had hair. And Magneto was played by Michael Fassbender. And Magneto and Xavier were were, were friends. Where, of course, they'd always been at odds with yeah. each other in the European trilogy. And it's... It was all set in the same universe, and it was basically like an origin. So we went along with that, and we were hopefully building up to what happened to create the fallout between Xavier and Magneto, why Magneto wanted the mutants to take over the Earth, because they were the natural uh, successor to, yeah. to Homo Sapiens. Okay. Then we got Days of Future Past, which further messed it up. Well, I thought it was supposed to sort everything out because we saw the original X Men there, yeah, and we saw the the origin X Men there. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine was there to bridge the gap between them all.
1: But the thing is, though, with Days of Future Past... Yeah. And the outcome of Days of Future Past... Yeah. That then means that the first two acts...
0: Exactly. Now, the more films that we've had, and... Standalone Wolverine films as well, yeah. where you know, in one film uh we saw that one of the kids he saved from interment as a mutant was Scott Summers, Cyclops. In X Men, the first one, neither one remembers
1: ever meeting the other and they're immediately locking horns. Yeah, I find that the X Men movies it's an odd description, but it's kind of like McDonald's. You What? Yeah. You enjoy McDonald's when you have it. Okay. But it's not something that you you kind of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but, cool. but the movies in themselves, you'll go you'll buy them, you'll go and see them yeah. when they're in the cinema.
0: Yeah.
1: You don't particularly Go all out looking forward to them Because the main thing you're wondering Is what are they going to mess up this time
0: Well Before The last one came out Apocalypse I, I wrote an article for Starburst magazine Called Days of Future Past and Present And in that I was trying to Explain and Make some kind of sense out of the whole timeline, and I couldn't. When we watched Dark Phoenix today, okay, we'll 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 keep this spoiler free, yeah. okay, because it only came out on Wednesday. Um, we we know from the trailer, we know from the title that it's Dark Phoenix. It's uh, Jean Grey's Evil Alter Ego. Um, that story's already been told. So <laughs> uh, this one is a little bit more comic book accurate, but as soon okay. as she's swallowed up by the Phoenix Force out in space, while well, trying to help with the space shuttle, and this is 1992, what, about seven years before the first film? Yeah. Which was set in the future. Um... It's virtually a retelling of what was told in Last Stand.
1: Hold on. But Last Stand now. Yeah. Didn't happen. Well, it can't have because. Because at the end of Days of Future Past. Yeah.
0: Bamka Janssen was standing there. She
1: was standing there, and Logan, who had come back from the future, was surprised to see that she was still alive. But if she was standing there
0: then, then Dark Phoenix never happened either because of what happens in Dark Phoenix. Um, Dark Phoenix. We we enjoyed the film. Yeah. Um, but as will, with all X Men movies following the Last Stand, which was the third, just take them one at a time. Don't try and make any sense. Don't start going. Oh God! Look, that's Deadpool, but that's not the Deadpool we know. Or so why Scott Summers so snarky with Wolverine? He saved his life when he yeah. was about eight. Or any of that. Just just Accept them one film at a time. But I'll tell you what made me sad. Okay. We have the 20th Century Fox logo. And as they do with all the X-Men films, the X in Fox lingers on the screen yeah. for a couple of seconds. It's sad to know that that's the last time we will see that.
1: Is it though? They have the new Mutants coming.
0: 20th Century Fox is now a Disney company.
1: I don't actually know if they're going to keep the fanfare
0: and the logo. It would be a shame if they got rid of the logo and fanfare, because, you know, that music is part of cinema
1: history. Yeah, and... It could be a subdivision. That, that would be better, because otherwise there's going to be no variation of studios anymore.
0: No. It's either going to be Disney,
1: Universal. Or Warner. Or Paramount. Yes. Or Columbia.
0: Columbia Sony. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. That could work. Anyway. Another thing that we've seen at cinema is... I've seen a trailer recently. And we have both seen the trailer, so we head over to the trailer part. Yes. And let me tell you about a film trailer that I have seen, and it's called Falseness. Okay. It's set, I think, in Switzerland, from what I saw. It has people going on to join what appeared to be some kind of cult as you do cults never a good thing no never a good thing and i saw just a bunch of out of context clips in in the trailer um it appears to be a horror movie okay it appears to have some people who are horribly disfigured in it And I thought it leaned towards a kind of Wicker Man vibe with possible some sort of human sacrifice. Wow. It looked a little bit messed up.
1: Okay, that's what you
0: like. I believe it's the cover story for the next issue of Fangoria, which should be due in the next few weeks. Oh, okay. I don't believe it had any stars that we're aware of in it, which is neither here nor there. And I I was just intrigued by the whole thing. Just as intrigued as I was today when we saw
1: a trailer for a movie called Adassi. The trailer for that was, I believe, released yesterday when I looked it up online. Yeah. And I, I love these mid, you know, towards the end of summer sci-fi movies. Oh, what we call the ha- the hard sci-fi fall yes. movie.
0: Or the hard fall sci-fi movie. Um, the There's just a trend that we've noticed. And, um, you know, in the autumn... Uh, September, October, maybe November. You'll you'll get stuff coming out like Stella, um, The Martian. Yeah. Uh, wasn't um, Life one of those? I think that was a summer one. A summer one? Okay. But this usually good, hard sci-fi. Yeah. By hard sci-fi, I mean you know we're not sort of firing lasers at monsters and stuff like that. It tends to be a little bit more. Uh, grounded
1: yeah close down to yeah yeah
0: so I, I we we saw Brad Pitt as an astronaut yeah apparently his father was lost on a space mission
1: yeah played by I believe Tommy Lee Jones Tommy Lee Jones
0: we saw a very brief clip of Donald Sutherland in there as yeah. well father of Kiefer. Um, we have no idea, really, what it's
1: about. Um, Did not magic give anything away?
0: No. No. It just whetted my appetite and made me think, okay, that's another movie that I want to see. Yeah. I, I love the, the, the title. Now, the title, unless I'm very much mistaken, and if I am, somebody's going to correct me. Yeah. Uh, Ad Astra is Latin for To The Stars? Is it? I think so. Did not know that. Yeah, I believe it is. Wow. Anyway, these two trailers did something that trailers have kind of... It's getting to be a lost art. Because it's supposed to entice you to watch the film. But not give it away. Not give it away. Worst trailer that we ever saw, Alien Prometheus. Yeah. Because it was a basic highlight reel for the film itself. In order... In, in chronological order of how things happen on the screen, exactly.
1: Uh, that one in particular, I, I thought that... And that was the one where Ridley Scott said he's not making another alien movie. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's an alien movie. Oh,
0: Ridley Scott, you
1: lie. You lie.
0: But of course it's an alien movie. I mean, we, we saw Covenant. But he also said it's
1: just an alien movie.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty damn sure we saw some aliens in
1: it. Especially seeing as the movie's actually called Alien Covenant. Exactly.
0: And there were were eggs,
1: and it wasn't Easter. And also the cover actually has, you know, alien on it. Exactly. Ridley, stop lying to us.
0: Anyway. We are going to change pace a little bit now, and it's time for Game On. Yeah. Now, you've got
1: something you want to tell everybody about. Go for it. You know that, you probably all know that in the next Fortnite, they releasing, they're releasing Crash Team Racing. Again? Yes. This is the game that I regularly handed you
0: your Ah, I'm <laughs> sorry for that, but I did when
1: you were a kid. You cheated. Oh, don't, don't believe a word he says. And it basically what they've done is pretty much like they did with the Crash Bandicoot games. It's a remake remaster, so up-to-date graphics and all the rest of it. Okay. But what they've done, I'm kind of against... They're, what are you against? They're releasing a standard edition. Yes. And then you've got the nitrous oxide edition. Nitrous Which, oxide edition. Yeah. All right. Okay. The difference is about twenty pounds. All right. And it's for downloadable content. Oh. Yeah. This is this is where it goes really bad.
0: That noise you hear is me moving the microphone, trying to get a better mix.
1: I yeah. have just found out. Okay. That you very different. What you're actually unlocking? Yeah. Is the main villain from the game, Doctor Neo Cortex. No, he's in it. But there's another ca- in the story mode. There's a there's an alien creature with a track and all the rest of it that you unlock through playing the game. Okay. Alternatively, you can pay an extra £20 for a code, unlock it straight away, or you can actually play the game. So, hang on a second.
0: You can either download the content, or you can pay for the content.
1: No, 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 no. The the content is already in the game. Okay. And through playing the game, you can unlock it. So you have that content already, or you can pay for a key to get to it quicker. Yeah. Thus reducing
0: the usefulness of the game. Yeah. This. Is... So it's it's, it's like. I, I I I buy a Stephen King book. Yeah. And if I pay twenty quid extra, somebody will tell me what happens in the middle bit, so I can just get
1: on to the end. Yeah. But this. this What's isn't... the point? This, this is a, a trend that's. Happening a lot. Like another one that um, has happened, which I think is kind of shameful, is on Mortal Kombat. Shameful. Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. The game itself is priced at you know the full price, and you've got a slight amount of characters. Yeah. There are apparently 19 additional downloadable car- downloadable characters coming. Right. To get those characters, yeah, it will cost you £75. What? Yeah.
0: 75 quid.
1: Yeah, for downloadable characters. No. Yeah. And people pay this. Yeah. Because I've noticed a trend as well over the past couple of years. Yeah. Games seem to be going the same way as movies. They tend to either be remaking or bringing out older games. Yeah. Because they seem to... You get some new games with that have great ideas. Yeah. But by and large, like recently announced, you've got the remake or remaster of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters coming out. The game? Yeah. Okay. And announced on Friday... Yeah. They're remaking Destroy All Humans, which was one of my favourite games from the PS2 era. Which is a 1950s alien abduction game with clips of Plan 9 from outer space. Oh,
0: I remember that one. I I
1: remember that one. That's being brought back.
0: Now, you mentioned Ghostbusters, which kind of moves us on a little bit to some Hollywood news that was released today. And, of course, a film that we're looking forward to as soon as we can get to see it is the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, can't we? And Sigourney Weaver has confirmed that not only is she back, but so are Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd.
1: I'm amazed they've got Bill Murray because he's been the holdout for years, hasn't he? I,
0: I think he has. Um, it's not like you know, Bill's been busy though, is it? I mean, he he, he made Lost in Translation.
1: Yeah, okay, that was he, a good. He film. does have a movie coming out this year.
0: There was the Aquatic Life
1: of Whatever, which just. He's going to be in Zombieland too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going to Okay, they're making a, a new Ghostbusters film, but can they recapture the old magic? Because. Ghostbusters is is a time-honoured classic. When they made Ghostbusters 2 a few years later, it wasn't quite the same. Um, Now we're talking about 30... 32 years further on again. Aykroyd, Murray, Weaver... Will they have the same magic?
1: If the script is done right, yes. it will work. Because I think we've got to a stage now where people want you know, a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. A proper Ghostbusters movie. Because for years, um the Ghostbusters video game yeah. was as you considered, the third movie. Yeah. Because the script of that game was going to be Ghostbusters 3.
0: Um, we, we haven't seen the Ghostbusters movie of a couple of summers ago, um, which had possibly the worst-received
1: trailer of all time. Yes, it was the most downvoted trailer in YouTube history.
0: Um, I thought it was a mistake to reimagine
1: the Ghostbusters
0: and I I have to admit I am not that keen on Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy is one of those in your face comedians
1: and a little of her to me goes a very long way. See if I watch it in a movie Yeah and I- Fine, I've seen it in one movie, but it's like, you know, I can't watch it again in a movie for at least a couple of years.
0: I liked her in Heat. She was playing
1: against Sandra Bullock. If that movie hadn't had Sandra Bullock in it, you wouldn't have touched it.
0: Yeah. Um, There was another film where she was with Jason Statham. Spy. Spy. It was
1: okay. Yeah, the, the the joke actually
0: it wore thin. Yeah, and seeing Melissa McCarthy do her usual mugging and hey, look at me, I'm really really funny. It,
1: uh, just uh, I'm not gonna sit. I I saw the trailer because I thought it's in a new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. And I found the jokes painful.
0: It wasn't even Ecto one. But on the other hand, we've got a new Men in Black movie, and it's Men in Black International. I believe here in the UK, uh, rather than in New York, Chris Hemsworth. And you Thor, yeah, reunited with Valkyrie, and I, I don't know that they'll have the same magic that Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith had,
1: but we'll 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 give it a go. See, I'm actually happy with them doing a Men in Black movie. Yeah, because it's a continuation. Keep it in the same universe, but because it's in the set in the UK, I think.
0: Yeah, and of course, Men in Black. As an organisation would have to be, you know, worldwide anyway, and because aliens can land anywhere. I mean, look, look where we live. There are aliens in that town, I'm sure of it. Anyway,
1: Whew. as we saw in Men in Black Three, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Yeah, they're getting older, and these kind of movies. It will work. I think it's going to work. Yeah. Having. Keep it in the same universe. You can mention them. You can have them in a cameo. You could even do later on a team up kind of movie with yeah. um, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Yes. But you need to do something slightly different to keep this film franchise alive. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to work.
0: Okay. Right. We are running out of time. We've got about five minutes or so left because we're trying to keep this to a listenable length. Uh, Another thing I became aware of this week, it marked on June the 7th, the fourth year anniversary of the passing of Christopher Lee, the last of the true great horror album. He just had. He he had some classic movies. He he elevated the films that he he was in. I I first became aware of him purely through Hammer movies when I was a kid, seeing these on TV for the first time in black and white yet, and you know he was Dracula, he was the Mummy, he was the. Um, Frankenstein Monster. And he just bought a great deal of class to Everything that he did. Especially when he was uh, teamed up with Peter Cushing. Here's the thing, right? When I was about 14, I was about 74, 75, I actually joined Christopher Lee's fan club. (laughs) True. Um, I I still have my membership card, and it was back in the days when uh, you know people had fan clubs, and for your I it's Um, you actually got had to be a membership card a membership kit. You had a badge. You had four quarterly newsletters. which Quite thick, typed um, out newsletters. Right. But the main thing was you got a hand signed photograph, Christopher Lee, signed it. by the man himself. When I got that, um, I'd been out with my parents um, on the trains the holidays, just before school was out. And um, I'd, I'd bought a book that horror movie and when i got home this package was one of those times when you had to wait 28 days for delivery. You? Right. you'd send for something yeah right <laughs> and you had to wait a month until whatever it is you bought actually arrived
1: and the thing is though so, you know with since we do a lot of prime delivery it's next day delivery yeah and we get we we get kind
0: of emotional if we have to wait
1: over 24 hours. I I'm, I'm, you know, I've ordered, um T-shirts, figures, and I, I'm i getting annoyed because I've had to wait five days. Yeah. What, well, 28 days, right? I got home, and there was this
0: uh, large envelope. I opened it, and inside was this publicity from the man with the golden gun. So it must have been something. And uh, hand signed by Christopher Lee. The very next day, my pocket money went on that And it was framed and put up in my bedroom. And it has followed me wherever I have lived. And since I moved into the room that we're recording this now, which is the study yeah, at the house, it's right up there on the wall. He is right next to Caroline Monroe. Um, whom of course he killed in Dracula in yeah. nineteen seventy two and we'd met Caroline a few times. Yeah. Lovely lady. Um but uh, yeah, I, I, I joined that fan club. And then after that, I think he moved to America and the fan club wound down because it was run by a lady somewhere in Dorset. Dorset. Yeah. There's something wow. so so essentially British about it. Yeah. I mean she'd been running this thing for about twenty years, wow. I think. Yeah. That's incredible. Her name was Doreen something. Wow. I don't think they have fan clubs anymore.
1: They? No, well, no, not many no. anyway. Not like that. You no, know. no, nah. there's, it's pretty much all um, Facebook online, news now. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. So, what was your favourite
0: role for Christopher Lee? Possibly
1: Scaramanga.
0: Really? The Man with the Golden Gun?
1: Yeah. It's still my favourite Bond movie. Okay. But I also loved him and I keep forgetting the name of the movie. Yeah. Oh, it had Boris Karloff. And Boris Karloff kept going on. That's not how you do branding.
0: Oh. Um, dum, 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 dum. Not, not, not Which is also. Board. No, Curse of the Crimson Order. That, that one. Curse of the Crimson Altar. that's that one. Of course, Cushing and Karloff had become good friends. Cushing and Price had become good friends. Sadly,
1: Yeah.
0: No, sorry. Lee and Karloff had become good yeah. friends. Lee and Price had become good friends. Cushing never got a chance to work
1: with Boris Karloff. That would have been a movie.
0: And I think there's there's a there's a wonderful film um, where you had Peter Cushing, Lizard mm-hmm. Price, Christopher Lee, and John parody all in the same room. Oh, House of Long Shadows. House uh, of Long Shadows, made in the mid eighties. And it's like the kind of last sign off yeah. in horror movies for all of them because, um, you know, Peter Cushing, of course, was in very bad health in the, 80, well, the late 80s, and Vincent Price, of course, Bryan died afterwards. They were all born, right? Their birthdays within a couple of days
1: wow. of each other. That's amazing, yeah.
0: And that's something that we miss these days is, you know, the gentlemen of horror, like those, because uh, they 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 would slit your throat from ear to ear in a film, but they were always very gentle.
1: Yeah, you, you don't have the like horror specialists anymore like you used to have. I suppose you've got Robert Englund as, you know, Eddie,
0: and you've got to an extent, Kane Hodder,
1: uh, you know, in, a, in his movies. But the thing is there. You know, when you had the Jasons and you had the Freddies, yeah. you're going back to the 80s. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And today, we don't actually have... You have horror movies.
0: Oh, the, the Victor Crowley films are, are quite current. True. Um, but, of course... You know it, it tends to home in more on uh faces and gestures, but then again, that's how Karloff got started yeah. as the Frankenstein monster. Um, to get back to the question, um, my favorite Christopher Lee role, yeah, it has to be Dracula, it has to be. I mean, my, my all time favorite. Dracula still felt amazing. the accent, the black and white, all of it. But, you know, he had a regal bearing about him and, like, a bestial ferocity. You know, he'd be charming and then when he was hungry, he would tear you to bits like yeah. a wild animal. you remember his entrance in Dracula? He's at the top of the stairs and he's in half-shadow and he comes down and are expecting something really horrible. And it's Christopher Lee being every bit the English gentleman yeah. in a Transylvanian castle. And later on when Jonathan Harker meets one of the, um, the brides of Dracula and she's about to bite him on the neck and he doesn't know. He thinks she's just you know being a little bit forward. Yeah, <laughs> And he Lee bursts into the room. Eyes blazing red with those contact lenses. Fangs bared. It's the first time you see it, you're not waiting for
1: it. You jump out of your seat. Yeah, because that's one of the things that I love about the Hammer movies. Yeah. Every argument in a Hammer movie is so genteel. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, I think that brings us just about to the end of episode Okay. So until next time, keep watching, guys. And it's so long from me, Robin Pierce,
1: and me, Stephen Pierce. Bye. See ya.